This, this is the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show. Live from the Great American Sports Cafe in Kenwood. Now, alongside head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Here's your host, Nick Brunk. Yes, welcome in, everyone. It's another Monday Night Live at Great American Sports Cafe. I'm Nick Brunk, the voice of the Cyclones. Happy to have you along on this Monday night as we recap another week for the Cyclones and look ahead to what will be a very busy month as it, it really kind of is already underway but uh, with the game in Wheeling on Saturday behind us all but one of the remaining games this month will be spent at U.S. Bank Arena. Coach first of all uh, let's discuss the games and then we can talk about a whole myriad of other things. It's been a very very busy week and rank, frankly busy 24 hours for this club. We'll give details in a moment but uh, I guess we'll, let's first by going back to, to Wednesday uh, kind of finish the series in your eyes with five points out of a possible six against the South Carolina Stingrays team that, you know, has had some success this year. You had to be pleased, and you finish that series. Although you end up going in overtime and losing, you pick up a point and five out of six. You can't beat that. Yeah, I mean, we were excited about the, uh, you know, beating South Carolina. You know, that, that game on uh, Wednesday was a little disappointing, the fact we didn't get the two points. I felt it was a game that we, uh, you know, we controlled. We, uh, you know, we let in a, uh, a goal late, late in the game there, and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, brought us to overtime, and of course, in overtime, you know, Kevin Roeder, you know, hearts in the right place, trying to jump up in the play and make things happen, and then, uh, you know, has trouble getting back. Uh, he was out there for about a minute, minute and ten seconds. So, um, you know, it was it was disappointing not to get the two points. Uh, I felt that was a game that we uh, we, we controlled, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, didn't get the two. But you know, we we got the one, five out of six points, but. Uh, um, again, it, it was a good uh, a good series against South Carolina, and um, uh, you know, happy to get those points that we did. You talk about Adam Comrie, who picked up uh, a goal, and it was just uh, for the week, really, in, in a different frame of mind than I think we've ever seen him. All the the short sample size that we've seen him, it, he was all over the place in a good way. Had picked up another goal and ended up being uh, a force at the time, gave the Cyclones the lead. Uh, but a guy that, that come, coming down from, uh, from Ro uh, Rochester is expected to kind of pick up the speed. He's a young kid, 20 years old, and he did that in the three-game series against uh, the South Carolina Stingrays. Yeah, I thought he was terrific uh, in that series. I mean, we, we, the first time we saw Adam was down in Florida, and I thought he had a pretty good uh, trip down there. He had some, some decent games, some decent moments, and... Uh, uh, but that South Carolina series, I thought Adam Comrie was a force, uh, you know, scoring goals and just uh, the, the way he can defend, the way he can skate. He's an extremely talented young guy that, uh, you know, Florida Panthers hopes develop into a National Hockey League player, mm -hmm. a guy that's got to get himself back to the American Hockey League and establish himself there. But uh, I thought Adam was absolutely terrific in that series, and you can see the potential. You can see what... Uh, you know, Mike Santos and the uh, Florida Panthers seeing him. A guy who I think we all know about his potential and he's lived up to those expectations as well as Dustin Sprode, a guy who continues to be an offensive source for you guys. You go back to the well many times. He scored a goal on Wednesday, which was the first of four en route to what has been an ECHL Player of the Week nomination. He was nominated today. Uh, whether or not he wins, we'll find out in the next 48 hours or so. But just a great week for him. Keeps pretty much picking up where he left off and keeping the, the, the same idea offensively every night he goes out there, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, Dustin Sprout means so much to this hockey team and, 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 and even bigger things to this, uh, this community and the fans of uh, the Cincinnati Cyclones, what Dustin brings to this organization is, uh, and to the game of hockey. I, he's just a terrific human being. Uh, you know, Dustin comes out every day and competes, and it, it's great to watch him in practice. And, you know, the one thing with Dustin that I found is uh, – you know, when you when you make that decision to go to Europe, and you uh, 
you know, your, your, your training changes in the summertime. Things change where, you know, you're going overseas, you leave a little early, and you, you know, he went over there where the, the competition isn't as, as high, either the work mm -hmm. ethic isn't quite there, the, the, all those factors. So I felt when we got Dustin back, you know, he played well, and he's kind of gone, gone in waves. He's had some moments where he's been good. He's, he, I felt he's been very average at other times, but I think what's happening right now, hey, Chris, how you doing? Give it up for Chris Burke, equipment manager for the Cyclones, just walked in the house. Always a treat. Very, I'm blessed to have his presence here. I, he doesn't normally show up to these things. Well, he's a, he's a big fan of the Cyclones also. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> where were we, Nick? It was, uh, you know, with, with, with Sproder, I felt that his play has kind of gone up and down since he came, uh, mm -hmm. joined us, uh, what was that, November? Yep. Um, and and I, I attribute that to just his off-season training and stuff, his mindset where he was. And I think at this point now, Sproder's finding his stride, and he's... Uh, He's been terrific. I mean, even even this weekend with those tough losses, I thought Sproder on Friday night was uh, the two goals he scored. Uh, you noticed him every time on the ice. He's creating. He's he's driving. He's uh, he, he's doing so many things for us. And I think uh, uh, I think there's a lot more to come from Dustin Sproder. I think he's a guy that's going to take the bull by the horns here and uh, really take charge of this hockey. Team. Speaking of Dustin, HP4K and uh, the Cyclones fan club getting together for a really cool event this weekend. We'll detail that in a bit. Uh, Cyclones got talent three. It's going to be out in Finneytown. We'll have all the details in uh, just a bit. That's this Sunday. And, of course, times and dates and all that stuff will be uh, passing along your way here in just a few moments. But before we do that, let's also, uh, I guess, collectively, we can go Friday and Saturday and kind of clump them together. We can talk about some positives, talk about where, where areas that you feel like your team uh, needs to improve upon. And uh, I guess my first question is uh, about the Nailers in general, just as a team, having seen them as many times as you have, uh, and luckily, we're only going to have to face them one more time the entire regular season. That's going to be in mid, uh, early March. Uh, is this a team that is is found themselves in a situation where they they just they're in that year where their affiliates have really helped them out, or is this just a team that Stan Julia has built for success? I mean, I guess what end of the spectrum is it, or is it somewhere in between? Well, first of all, I mean that's a good hockey team. I mean they've uh, you know with Nick Peterson and Ben Street and some of the players they have, which fortunately we didn't see this weekend. Mm -hmm. But, uh, um, you know, they, they, they've got a solid hockey team, you know, from top to bottom. I felt we've competed hard against them all year. We've had success in there. I think we've beat them once here. We've been in even those games that were blown out. Um, you know, they were 2-2 going into the third. Mm -hmm. um, it's just something with wheeling that... Uh, uh, is frustrating. It's something that, as players, we've uh, we've addressed as a team. You know, the players have talked about it. Um, you know, our lineup was depleted this weekend. Their lineup was depleted this weekend, and still the same result. So, um, overall, the Friday Saturday was. Uh, it, you know, that Friday game, there was that moment of about three minutes or two minutes there that really, I felt individuals trying to take hands and uh, things in their own hand and, and and not being responsible with pucks that really snowballed that that two and a half three minutes there that ended up costing us the hockey game because up to that point i thought the way we came out that first goal that sproder scored i thought it was one of the prettiest goals we've seen all year mm -hmm. from start to finish from our own end all the way up the ice i thought it was a fantastic goal i thought the way we carried the pace the the momentum of the game uh was all in our favor um you know, they get that one uh, uh, power play goal that Adam Comrie's going up ice trying to, you know, he's this close to getting a breakaway and ends up being a three-on-one back right. against us. A little unfortunate, Brock Sheehan makes a great play and still finds a way to back the net. And then, 
with seven seconds left, uh, Zabatel backdoor, um, you know, unfortunate situation, but it's still 2-2, and I still thought we came out in the third period, uh, you know, the way we wanted to until that lapse in, uh, in, in, the, in the second with uh, Chris Clarkson bringing a puck back in our own zone, getting stripped, and then, uh, of course, Ryan Del Monte coming up the ice, uh, getting stripped of a puck again, and just sort of left uh, Chet Pickard out to dry there on a couple of those, so... Uh, it just seems any kind of breakdown we have against uh, Wheeling, they capitalize, and they capitalize big time. It's really funny, too, You and funny may not be the, the exact word to use, but it just kind of eerie the way it's all worked out. You look back to all the games, and, and you mentioned some of the, the more lopsided scores. It, it really has come down to sometimes as little as two or three minutes, a little stretch in time. Uh, even the game on Saturday, which ended up being 6-2, to two, there was about, I think the three goals were scored in, in probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about seven or eight minutes uh, in that uh, second period. And it, it became a situation where you take that, that, that situation, that three-minute, four-minute, whatever it ends up being, out of the game. It's either a tie hockey game or a one-goal game. And, and that, based on the statistics, is, is more of the style of hockey that you play. You play the closer games. That's the way that your team is built. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, for some reason against Wheeling, I mean, we've gone over all kinds of film on them. We've done all kinds of preparation with them. It just seems there's just some, it, basically, it, it, it's just some individuals, uh, just uh, lack of focus at times, and it just starts snowballing. I mean, I, there's been some times I felt Chevy, uh, he had some rough nights against uh, Wheeling where I thought we've played well as a team, and he had some moments there where just everything started going in, you know, or, you know, we started doing some individual things that just, cost us and it just snowballs into a into a 2-2 game ends up into a 7-2 game mm -hmm. you know so uh it's one of those things it's, it's absolutely frustrating it's a, it's tough because they're in our division a, a team that uh you know we see a lot and you don't want to you don't want this hap to happen to you because it's uh, they're important points so uh um you know we we addressed some things today we had a great uh, good hard skate today we uh we went over a lot of defensive uh things some conditioning some mm -hmm. some battle stuff today that i think is important and and I, I believe the players got the message for sure today you've been a very very busy man this entire day you know you've been in your office obviously you were on the ice for for 90 minutes two hours whatever it was and then the rest of the day was spent kind of on the phone on the computer behind the computer screen in and out of my office discussing things we, we've had a lot of things that have been going down with the team specifically obviously over the weekend Matthew Aban, Brian O'Hanley both in the American Hockey League Matthew ended up playing had an assist taken away I think uh, on the what is it Friday game um, in Lake Erie as they ended up losing in a shootout but he has come back down and Brian O'Hanley, who was called up to Portland, is still in Portland. With that kind of as a springboard, give us a uh, discussion, if you will, an analysis of what has gone down today roster-wise. Well, I, I, I talked to uh, Kevin Deneen, the head coach of the Portland Pirates, this afternoon, and uh, uh, he told me that uh, Brian, if Brian O'Hanley wasn't their best defenseman, he was uh, their top two on, uh, on the weekend. And... Uh, he can't say enough about how well OH played for them. And uh, we won't see Brian O'Hanley for at least two weeks. It's going to be uh, a while. Uh, you know, he just loved his poise, his composure, uh, the way he can skate, handle himself. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's very high on Brian O'Hanley right now. And uh, he assured me that it will be at least a couple weeks before we see OH back. Uh, Matthew Aubin did very well. I talked to the general manager of Lake Erie. He's, uh, he was really, really happy the way uh, Abby played, especially on Sunday afternoon. And uh, I think we can, we'll see Abby probably go up a little bit at some point again with, uh, 
with Lake Erie. So, you know, I'm happy for Abby, a, a guy that, that's been to the American Hockey League, has spent the year in the American Hockey League. He hasn't been there in a while, but, um, you know, we get this opportunity. He was really excited, and uh, he played some quality minutes for them too this weekend. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, you know, it's nice to have him back. He's a big part of our team, but we'll see. Uh, he will be in our lineup on Wednesday, and we'll see what happens from there. A couple of other moves. The bigger of the two moves was the fact that you acquired a player from Greenville, uh, Paul McElveen, and you dealt to get him the rights to Chris Claxon. Yeah, I mean, it was something that, uh, you know, you look at our, our, our conference. We're one of the lo lowest scoring teams in our conference, and, uh, you know, there's two issues here. Obviously, we, we, we've got to keep more pucks out of our net. Um, you know, it comes from goaltending, playing better defense, but also providing more offense. And, uh, you know, I, I feel with the, the, the players, some players that we have, I think we've got a, a, a core of third-line type guys. We need some guys that can score. And uh, I feel Paul McElveen's a guy that, uh, uh, you know, has put numbers up in South Carolina in the past uh, when he's won a championship there. And a guy that, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to acquire. I think, uh, you know, Chris Clarkson, a contracted player. I, I talked to the Florida Panthers. They've uh, they basically uh, allowed us to make this move, and I think it's something that's good for us. I think Chris, uh, Chris is a young kid that's uh, trying to find out, you know, define his role in pro hockey. Um, you know, is he... Uh, is he a scrappy, irritating type player? Is he a guy that uh, is responsible defensively? He's, there's some things that Chris has to figure out, and uh, I feel to get a guy that's been in the league for a few years, a guy that can provide some offense, was important for us at this point. If you can compare him, McElveen, to any one particular player on this team, who would that be? Well, you know, I, I, Matt Pierce is a guy that, that uh, you know, we didn't see very much this year, uh, you know, in spurts, and I don't think Matt played his best uh, the whole season, but... I think, if anything, we're looking at a guy that's, uh, that skates very well, a guy that shoots the puck very well, and a guy who has an offensive instinct. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I had long conversations with Jared Bednar, who's now the head coach with Peoria, who had him in South Carolina and, you know, had a lot of good things to say about him, a guy that's performed well for him. And uh, uh, I think this is an upgrade for us. It's definitely uh, something that we need. Um, I think we have enough uh, third-line type guys. I think we need some offense yep. and a guy that's going to contribute and a guy that can play in different areas. I mean, you got to remember Chris Claxton doesn't kill penalties and doesn't play in our power play. And with Scott Reynolds being out, you know, we need people that can kill penalties and, 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 and be in our power play. And uh, for me, this is, a, this is a big upgrade for this hockey team. One more big note, and it's not as big as the trade per se, but certainly it is uh, monumental uh, from a career standpoint for Mark Chevry. He gets called up to the American Hockey League as he will make his debut, or at least based on dressing. I don't know if he's going to play, but he'll be up there. Uh, he uh, is a guy, I think, that is high on their chart. Uh, he was a draft pick back in the 2006, a seventh-round pick. So he's a guy that Florida wants to see, highly touted out of the University of Denver, had an outstanding career, was a Hobie Baker top 10 finalist, inch goalie of the year last year. Uh, and obviously at times we've seen him uh, stand on his head and has a league leading three shutouts. So for a guy like that, you have to be happy that he's getting a shot to at least get up there and face some AHL action. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, we're, we're sitting here in February and Chevy's been waiting to get this call all year, like, like a lot of the players. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for Chevy. I mean, he, he struggled the other night, but, uh, you know, that being said, it's a great opportunity for him, you know, to get get to the level he wants to be and beyond. And, uh, you know, Markstrom's got an MRI today on his knee. So uh, we'll find out how much uh, longer Markstrom's going to be out with the Rochester Americans, and that'll kind of dictate what uh, what happens with Chevy. So... You know, Chet Pickard's uh, going to go. 
and um, we're looking at uh, either having another goalie reassigned to us, depending on how Markstrom's injury, how, how long it's going to be. But, uh, um, you know, we couldn't be happier for Chevy. I mean, Chevy had some moments this year that he really carried the load for us. He's, uh, like you said, Nick, he's uh, leading the league in shutouts. He's had, some, uh, he's had some rough outings. He's had some great outings. What you'd expect from a young kid. But, uh, you know, to get this call, it's very important for him. It's very important for him mentally and uh, the fact to get to that higher level and uh, you know we're happy for him. Well, when you get a chance to look at what Chet did when he went up and came back and, and this is maybe not necessarily as uh, big of or of a drastic of change because Pickard uh, came down and was really he hadn't won a game since February. Chevy's actually you know in the early portion of his career not that Chet hasn't but but Chevy's numbers uh, ha haven't been nearly as ominous as they as Pickard's were going up to get some refreshing time and now maybe on his way back yeah, we'll see kind of similar results that we saw from Chet. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, this is a this is an important uh, week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever Chevy's going to be up. I think it's important him to get his refocus back and uh, and, and and remember where he's trying to get to and, and the work ethic and, 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 and all that stuff. I mean, uh, it, it gets discouraging for these guys that sign NHL contracts that um, you know they're they're expected to compete for NHL jobs and then they get sent to the American League and then they they don't even compete for a job there. They find yeah. themselves in ECHL. So. For Chevy, this is a great, uh, great moment for him and, and potentially for us when we do get him back, somebody that's uh, ready to, you know, take the ball and, and run with it. And you focus back on to Pickard a bit. This is an opportunity for him now to kind of do what Chevy did when Pickard went up and there was that extended period of time where night in and night out, uh, you kind of live and die by Chevy. And then now Pickard's going to get that mental game going that, hey, every night is my night, and at least in the, the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm excited for Chet. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to play. He's going to play well. Wednesday and he's going to play Friday he's going to play Saturday and uh, you know there's uh, uh, you know he, he he wants to succeed one thing about Chet Piggert he, he he competes hard he he wants to see us successful he wants to be successful uh, he's a great teammate and uh, this is his chance now to just you know take it and run with it and uh, um, it's, his, it's his now and we're, gonna, we're, we're I'm excited I'm excited for both these guys I'm excited for uh, Chevy to get to the American Hockey League and for Chet to you know, take that net and run with it. We're taking questions from the crowd tonight. If you want to ask your question of the coach, you can stop on and grab the live mic from Herb. Also, if you have not gotten your tickets yet, we are giving uh, tickets away, and we're raffling off two sets of four to games on Friday and Saturday night's games against the Florida Everblades. So if you do not have your raffle tickets, be sure to stop on up. Plenty of cool promotions that we'll get to in just a bit, including Pink in the Rank Night and Twister Bank Night for the kids on Saturday. I have kind of a demo here if you want to come up and see it. We will go to the questions now. Herb is here, and Herb, you go ahead. Well, Coach, uh, you did make mention of some of the injuries. Uh, uh, we knew about uh, Robo being out for the rest of the season, mm -hmm. but uh, where's Maddie Pierce at and uh, Scotty Reynolds? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Matt Pierce is going to have surgery on Thursday on his wrist. Uh, it's something that he's had a cortisone shot, um, didn't respond. Still, uh, still having trouble with that. So he's having surgery on Thursday, as will uh, Scott Reynolds have an ACL surgery. So, you know, that's a four-month, uh, that's a four-month process uh, before he even gets back to even doing anything. So, basically, Robo's out for the year, Pierce is out for the year, and uh, Robinson's or um, Reynolds is going to be out for the year. So, that really puts a hole on our left side. Um, something that we're going to have to try to address, and uh, you know, see what we can do. And as far as the goalie situation, will we, will we just be doing an e-bug or will you bring another one in like you did before? 
Well, first day in practice, Nick's going to practice with us tomorrow. Yeah, baby. Get ready for the hurricane. So the first step today, like you said, Nick, it was a busy day. I had to call <laughs> down to your office and see if you could get on the ice with us tomorrow. That was yes. the most important thing of the day today. I signed my waiver. So uh, we got Nick in practice. And, uh, you know, there's a situation where, um, you know, we may be getting a goalie loaned to us from the Rochester Americans who they have uh, elsewhere around the league. Uh, depending, it all depends on Markstrom's injury. It depends on the length of it and how long Chevy's going to be up there. So, if he's going to be up there for two, three weeks, then we are going to go get a goalie. Um, you know, if it's going to be a week, then we'll probably uh, just figure a couple things out for the week, uh, Wednesday, and for the weekend. Mike is here with a question. Mike Kyle, go ahead. Hey, I was thinking maybe you should be the backup goalie since Mark Chevy's up there right now. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Can you do the play-by-play? No way. No. Anybody can do that. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I'd sign a contract. ATO. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and another thing. Where did Dustin Sproke come with that backhand he's been using this year? I don't know. I mean, he uh, wasn't using it last year. You know, one thing I, I you know, I don't, I'm not sure of, uh, you know, Sproke's background with coaching and stuff like that. But, you know, whenever offensively something happens, I'll – talk to him or the other night he had a great opportunity it was like a two-on-one instead of shooting he made the pass and he came off and I actually kicked him in the back uh, you know not overly hard I just sort of booted him I'm like Sproder shoot that like what are you know why would you yeah that's great opportunities a left-hander coming down the right side in the slot and you know I think it's something that just got to remind Sproder that hey you're talented offensively I think it's sometimes it's a confidence thing I think uh you know, I, again, I, I'm not sure of his whole background. I know, obviously, he played here last year, and I don't know who's coached him in the past and stuff. But, mm. you know, I think one thing about Sproder is you've got to build his confidence up that he, you're, you're an offensive guy. You're a guy that can contribute. You're a guy that can change the pace of the game and uh, someone that has to be watched out there. And, uh, you know, I, I work with him a lot on different offensive scenarios. Sometimes I think he holds on the puck a little bit too much. He does too much work you know, cycling and, and turning back that I just said, Sproder, you're, you're, the minutes you play – you know, that's just wasted energy. You know, you've got to find different ways to uh, create than just individually trying to beat guys one-on-one -on -one a lot. And, uh, you know, I think uh, he's understanding a little bit better. And, uh, you know, he, he, again, that was a, the, the, the Friday night was not a good game. I thought Dustin Sprout was absolutely fantastic for us Friday night. I thought that was one of his better games. The way he, every time he was on the ice, there was something positive happened for us. His second two-goal game of the season, and he is now, I think, I'd have to look real quick, he has now had six of them, which is second only to Matthew Alban. So he, he's a guy that, like you mentioned, brought an outstanding game. No matter what type of game it is, he's one that always seems to, uh, to take care of business. Do you have anything else before we take a break? Take your break. Taking a break. We'll come back more with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, as the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show continues in a moment. This is CyclonesHockey.com. This is CyclonesHockey.com. Back with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, on this Monday night at Great American Sports Cafe. I'm Nick Brunker. Glad to have you along as the Cyclones will play three games this week beginning Wednesday night. They will take on the Florida Everblades, returning them back to U.S. Bank Arena for the first time in a while. And they'll be coming off, obviously, that sweep of the Everblades that they had in Estero, Florida, earlier on in January. Before we get too much further along, a couple of things to note for the weekend. Obviously, Wednesday's a wet Wednesday, so dollar PBR, dollar Miller High Life. 
Friday is going to be our annual Pink in the Rink Night, presented by Pure Romance and to benefit the Patty Brisbane Foundation. So there's going to be pink ice on the ice. And if you haven't been to the website today, CyclonesHockey.com, I have an image of the jersey. I don't have the actual jersey. They are arriving later this week. But you can see what they will look like and the ones that you'll be able to auction and bid upon on Friday night at CyclonesHockey.com. Pretty cool-looking jerseys. We had a chance to look at them earlier today, at least by image. And, and we had a chance firsthand to witness uh, the abomination that was the Wheeling Nailers pink in the ring jerseys. It looked like somebody colored in uh, with pink highlighter just a white jersey. Ours are a lot, a lot nicer than that, I would say. Ours are a lot cooler. I'll, I'll agree with you, Nick. That that was just a complete uh, disaster. Yeah, but no, I, I like ours. I've seen some of our older ones, and uh, I think the ones uh, that we're going to have this weekend are going to be fantastic. Fans will love them. Absolutely, and you can, again, go to CycloneTaki.com to see the image, and I'll be uh, tweeting and putting the Facebook uh, updates on the actual jersey when they do arrive uh, later on this week. Then Saturday night, as you uh, can see up here, if you can see that far, depending on where you're sitting, this is a Twister piggy bank for the kids. The first 2,000 kids ages 2 to 12 in the door Saturday receive that. By the way, if you're just walking in, we have the raffle tickets. We will give away two sets of four to both Friday and to Saturday's games. Then on Sunday, we have a special event that we always do once a year, and that would be Cyclones Got Talent. This is Cyclones Got Talent 3 this year. And to tell us more about that, we welcome in the president of the Cyclones Fan Club, Sherry Chapman. Hello, Sherry. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. All right. Now, tell us tell us a little bit about the event for those that may not be familiar. Many people in this room probably have already been, but for those that have not been, namely this guy, what can he expect? The players are going to show us their off-ice talent, and this year there has been a group that has put together a musical video. I have since found out that the song is actually written by one of the players. Indeed it is. And I have seen a couple of the clips. You have? Uh, I have. Interesting. Um, the, it's been professionally done, so everybody knows it's not a put-together fly-by-night. It's been professionally done. Mm -hmm. The guy that has put it together is the one that sent me just so I had a kind of an idea of what was going on. Interesting. And I will say you're in for a real treat. Um, I know there's some other acts going on. I'm not sure what it's all about, although I know Dustin put out today the picture of the flirty babe from year one. Yes. So I don't know if that's a take. They're doing something as a takeoff from there or not, but I haven't the flirty heard. babes themselves are retired, so. Perhaps for the best. Probably. Yes. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, where is the event this year? It's out in Finneytown, but, but tell it's us where it is. It's in Finneytown. It's at the Fleming Road United Church of Christ, which is 691 Fleming Road. Um, as of yesterday, there are four seats available, and then that's it. We're, we're limited. So if they want to get in contact with you, they can go to the Cyclones Fan Club booth uh, at the concourse level at U.S. Bank, correct? Correct. Excellent. Tickets are 15 for fan club members, 20 for non. Um, the dinner this year will be lasagna, salad, bread, breadsticks, and uh, dessert. And the players serve the dinner, do they not? The players do serve the dinner. Um, they're wearing special T-shirts, which have been designed by um, RJ, the merchandise guy at the boot at the arena a um, little bit different color a little bit different design the, the whole thing so it's everything's gonna be a little bit different this year like what kind of things that obviously the shirts and stuff are, are in addition to all the other raffle items but it, it's a night where you can not only meet the players but you uh, can, can bid on some pretty cool items from around the world of hockey and beyond correct I can I will throw this one out that I know is there um, Dustin was uh, lucky enough to get a Nashville Predator signed Chris Mueller jersey, so that will be up for auction. Nice. Very um, nice. 
a former player with the Cyclones, J.M. Dell, who is a popular. Sorry. Go ahead. A popular player when he was here um, has graciously given us an autograph stick and puck. That Very will nice. also be up for auction. There's other things there. I won't go into other details. No more details? There's, yeah. And, of course, the, we're going to auction the shirts off the players back and Coach Scaldi here. Really? So he has a shirt? Yes, he does. And so do you. I have a shirt. Well, yeah, you're not going to make any money on that. <laughs> you're going to buy it? How much are you going to buy it for? We'll see. We will say one shirt went last year for $180. And I, what's the starting bid on mine? It was a T-shirt that went for $180. Let's just choose the starting bid now, shall we? Five cents? Do I hear ten? I give you a dollar. I pay you a dollar to wear my shirt. That sounds about right. I think that's a good that deal. Sounds, that that sounds about right. I'll make that transaction after the show, Mike. Thank the, you. And the winners of those shirt, those T-shirts will have their picture taken with that particular player that they win. It's really a fun event. The first time I had a chance to be a part of it was last year, and I know that it's one of those things, too, where you most of the people in this room have, have been to many of the different, not only fan club events, but all of our Cyclones events. So maybe you've already had a chance to cross paths with the players, but it's a really good opportunity to, to kind of like the Christmas party as well, to really mingle and get to know these guys more than just, hey, how you doing? I like watching you play. Yeah, that's, so it's a, it's a fun event. And you said only four seats remain for the whole thing. Correct. All right. And cyclonesfanclub.org is the site as well. Of course, for those that did not get the information, the address, all that stuff, it's going to be up on our site as well, cyclonesHockey.com and on cyclonesfanclub.org. So no matter where you need to be, you can also check it out. And we'll also be taking, they will be taking pictures. There are no cameras permitted. Okay. Um, That's a, probably a good thing. Correct. But there will be cameras there from the fan club that will be taking pictures so you can get your picture taken with a favorite player and pay $5 for that. Of course, all these proceeds are going to benefit HP4K. Sherry Chapman, thank you for being with us. Give it up for the president of the Cyclones Fan Club, Sherry Chapman, always helping us put on great events. Cyclones Got Talent, that is this Sunday. I believe it's 5 to 8 at the uh, United Church of Christ out in Finneytown. I'm looking forward to that. Give you a, were you there? I mean, you kind of saw the end of it. It was Tuesday afternoon after practice. Uh, they brought a film crew in. It was a pro crew. She wasn't lying. It was a pro crew. They had... You know, three or four or five different people with several cameras. I think there were three in all, lighting kits and everything. It was, it was pretty wild. It was like a film set. It was, and the, the talent was uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Watching Dustin Sproat dance to a rap song and Scott Reynolds mm -hmm. and Ben Olsen, it was, it was something to see. I, the video, I've seen clips of it. It's going to be fantastic. It's great. The song is terrific. Um, so I, I, I'm better. excited. It was great. Scott Lehman, I think, is the brain trust behind the... Uh, some of the uh, the artistic direction, and I think he uh, he did a great job. I asked him on uh, on Saturday. He joined us in between periods, and uh, I get the sense that kind of like Matthew Aban before the year when he was doing the uh, behind the scenes of the of the our intro video. He really likes being in Hollywood. For those of you that were here for the panel night, he was talking about who he'd be if he was an actor. He he loves that stuff. Well, Scott Lehman is a guy I could see being being in the Hollywood star, whether it's behind the camera or in front of it. Uh, he's a guy that I could see just not only style-wise, but just that, that mind. He, he has the creative mindset to be kind of a Hollywood act. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Lehman's a laid-back, uh, a little different than Abby. You know, Abby's uh, right <laughs> yeah. there, right in front of you, speaking... Something. Right off, whatever comes off his tongue, he's speaking. Uh, and uh, I think Le Scott's more uh, laid back and a little, uh, 
you know, I, I, I think the world of Scott Lehman. I think he uh, does a great job for us on the ice, but even off the ice, he does a great job with the guys. And what I, I was go ahead. I was just going to say what I can tell you is you mentioned the video. You saw the. It was kind of a teaser that it's not quite finished, but it will be, and we will be debuting that soon. You can see the whole thing Sunday at uh, at Hockey Players Got Talent three. But we'll be having a little bits and pieces of teaser video that'll make their way to Cycloneshockey.com in the coming days, so stay tuned for that. When we come back, we will have a chance to look ahead to a big week against the Florida Everblades, some cool promotions as mentioned, and we'll wrap it on up on this Monday night from Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show, Great American Sports Cafe, in just a moment. You're listening to CyclonesHockey.com. CyclonesHockey.com. All right, back to it live with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. I'm Nick Brunker on this Monday night. Happy to have you along as... We get ready for three games over the span of this next five or six day stretch. Certainly the Florida Everblades return were for perhaps a, a look for vengeance in a little bit as you went down there to their place. And, and really I thought, and maybe you can disagree or, or give some examples as to why, I thought perhaps the best three games you've played all season long in South Florida. Yeah, I mean, those were entertaining games. They were uh, fast-paced. I mean, right from the, the first game we got down there, the, the, the intensity and everything was there. And it was yeah. uh, they were fun games to be a part of. The, the players had a lot of fun, and especially that Saturday night, that uh, overtime win was just a, a crazy game. Incredible. So uh, it was good, and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a good hockey team. I mean, uh, Im uh, Alexander Imbold, is, uh, he's on the IR right now. I'm not sure of his availability this week, but, uh, you know, leading goal scorer in the league, and, you know Francis Lemieux, and they—I they, mean—they've got some tremendous talent there. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the biggest key with them is just uh, being patient, staying—you know—tight defensively, because they're—they're uh, they're going to exchange chances. That's one thing that team does is they will give you opportunities. And what they'll try to do is just outlast you and rely on their talent and stuff. So if we can take care of our end, especially the neutral zone, and uh, you know, capitalize on those opportunities that will will present themselves. We will get opportunities. We just have to make sure that we capitalize on them. And the things that you did in Florida most successfully, not only did you work well with the specialty teams, which over the last five to seven games, as a matter of fact, has been uh, very, very good. Uh, I think that that's the other thing with a team like that who leads the league in offense, but also leads the, the league in a bad way. They're one of the worst teams when it comes to goals against is that you got to make sure your specialty teams are where you want them to be. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got to stay out of the box. We can't, uh, un, un, anything unnecessary. I mean, there's good penalties and bad penalties and uh, uh, anything unnecessary we've got to avoid. And, uh, you know, we got to rely on our PK and we, we've got to chip away on that, that uh, power play. I mean, uh, you know, with, uh, with Comrie down, I think Adam makes a big difference to our power play. Uh, he's got the big shot. He can carry the puck up the ice. So, you know, we've got to utilize our, uh, get something off our power play and shut them down uh, on our PK. We've got a live mic. We have questions from the crowd. If you'd like to stop on up before the show is over, you can do that. Chris is here with a question. Chris, you go ahead. I've got a question in regards to uh, our record versus the South. Why is it so successful against the South? Is it a different style? Can you kind of let me know? Wasn't that last week's uh, show? Oh, you weren't here for that? Uh, <laughs> Check out the podcast, CycloneTalkie.com. You'll get all your answers. Oh, yeah. Primarily, I think it's what we spent almost a whole hour on. Nice to see you. You can give me the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> all right. I'll give you the cleft notes. I don't know. You know what? Um, you know, we've had success against Florida down there. We've beaten Gwinnett, you know, with South Carolina. Um you know, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, early on, we, we had success against Toledo. We found ourselves in 
uh, you know, struggling uh, Toledo recently. So, you know, to say pinpoint the way they play or anything, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't, uh, can't say why we can beat the teams in the South and have struggled against our division uh, of late. So could it, could it just be as simple as the soft is really soft? I mean, the South is really soft. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't go that far. I would definitely wouldn't go that far. The South is soft, but, uh, you know, you know, who knows? I mean, we had a, we had a great run down in Florida and then of course, South Carolina beating Gwinnett. So, you know, we've not been down to Greenville yet. We haven't been to South Carolina and, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Thank you for your question. We have more from the live Mike and that would be from Mike. Mike, hey Mike. go ahead. How, how you doing? doing? Oh, pretty well. Um, looking long-term, um, the team that you're chasing is on pace for 75-plus points on the season. Uh, the two teams chasing you are on pace for 72, 74 points on the season. Uh, based on what I see, you're going to have to figure out a way to get 30 points out of the next 26 games. What's it going to take for the team to find the consistency to basically win 60% of the games from here on out? Well, it depends on uh, if, if Rochester takes players, if Milwaukee takes players. I mean, you understand, Mike, there's things that are out of our control, you know, and consistency is something that every team in this league struggles with. Our team struggles with it. You know, we can – how do we go out and play so well against South Carolina and then come out and play that way against Wheeling? You know, uh, you know how does that happen? You know, so to, to sit here and go dissect the next 30 games and go – or 20, whatever it is, and go, all right, we need to get X amount of points. We need to, you know, find this consistency when our lineup is changing. It's going to keep changing. You know, we, we've got to improve our lineup. We, right now, our lineup uh, going into the wheeling game, you know, uh, we have holes in our lineup. You know, guys that we've been living with for a long time that either need to figure some things out or need to go somewhere else, and that's the bottom line. Um, you know, We've got a group of guys in there that care, that care. Um, you know, and when you look at it, you know, Mike, the, the, the biggest thing is that, you know, we, you know, last week we've, uh, out of our past 10, we were 6-4. and four. It felt like we were 0-10, you know, because of the way we lose. The way we lose feels like we are never going to win a hockey game again, you know, but then we'll come out and play like we did against South Carolina. Um, you know, we're in a dogfight here. There's five teams fighting for three playoffs or three spots there. You know, and my message to the players today was, you know what, you know, if you've been around, you've won. It's not easy. It's tough. You go through tough times. You go through tough things. But at the end of the day, at the end of the year, hopefully you look back and go, it was well worth it. You know, and, and to the guys that won last year and the guys that were here in 08, you know, 08 must have been a lot of fun. Plowing through a regular season, plowing through a playoffs and winning. I said, well, what made last year so special was how difficult it was. The regular season was difficult last year for this team. I think people lose focus about last year, last year. And believe me, I've had my fill of last year, and I wasn't here last year. Um, it wasn't easy. This wasn't a good hockey team all year last year. They weren't uh, a team that you, you know, went on. There were struggles. There was different things. The playoffs were an absolute struggle. I mean, it was a battle for this team. And that's why last year was such a special year for the players, the fans, the organization, everybody, because how difficult it was. And I told the players today that we're very fortunate in this locker room because we're, we're battling consistency. 
we're battling different things. But we're fortunate because we've got guys that have won and know how to win in that locker room. If we were sitting here today and we didn't have those people in the room, I could honestly sit here and tell you we're screwed. We're in trouble because we don't have winners in that locker room. I know we have winners in that room, and you guys know. Everybody here knows. All those people that come in the game that are Cincinnati Cyclone fans know that we have character winners in that room. And am I concerned? Yeah, we're, we're in a situation that, yeah, I'm not sitting back going, we're fine. We need to win some hockey games. But I am so confident in the people that we have in the room that know what it takes to get over that hump that we're going to get there. I'm very confident in that. Thank you for your question. Mike. Anything else, sir? But it looks like you have a follow-up. Okay, not a follow-up. Uh, notice Florida got their goalie back. Janice, yep. Back. Do you believe he'll be in net this weekend? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, we I think we beat him twice when we were down there. Yeah, he played twice. Um, Gaffer played once. Yep. So I'm, I'm not really sure what the, their coach's thoughts are on. Uh, you know, we had success against both their goaltenders. I know Gepper's the the smaller of the two. That the Janice is the prospect, and uh, you know we'll see what they uh, what what they're going to do um, for us on Wednesday. I'm not really sure. I mean, we were. Uh, we were, uh, when they put Janice in, I believe, the second game, Nick, or? You had 42 and 48 shots in back-to-back -back games. First it was 42, then 48. And, uh, and the second, uh, the third game was, was Gepford's night. The first two were Janish because he had the great game, and then yeah. that was how it rolled down. So. so, yeah, I'm not sure who we're going to see uh, the first game here, Herb, but, uh, you know, they're both quality goals. That's this good hockey team. Florida's good, but like I said, they are going to give us opportunities. They, they will exchange chances, and we just have to take care of our end and, and, and capitalize. And will our shot production stay high as it has been? Um, you know, it's different. I mean, I, I, I read something uh, the other day. It might have been in the hockey news some more. Like, shots on net used to be the telltale sign of how your game went. And I think it's, uh, it's changed. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you can see teams uh, – you know, get 40 shots on net, only score two, and the other team score, gets 25 and wins the game. I mean, I, I don't think shots on net are uh, – I think we addressed it here at this show, too, mm -hmm. about shots on net, and that's when I asked you about putting a red light on when a goalie makes a save. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. So, you know, we, we addressed that. But, well, I know, just have to make sure everybody's on their toes. We, you know, I, I look at shots on net. I think it can tell you a little bit about momentum. I don't think it can really tell you about, you know, a lot of times scoring. You can get 15 shots on net in a period and maybe only one really quality scoring opportunity. So, you know, for we win games by out shooting, we yeah. lose games by, I don't really oh, yeah. follow. And that's, and that's yeah. where the numbers are. I mean, yeah. you, when you outshoot your opponents, you're above 500, you're 9, 7, and 5. Mm. When, you're, uh, when you are being outshot by your opponents, you're, I'm sorry, you're, when you're outshot, you're up 9, 7, and 5. When you're out shooting, you're 10, 11, and 3. So by if it were a, a true, okay, if you have as many shots, if you have more than your opponent, you're probably going to win. That hasn't been the case. And it's not just here. It's everywhere. Yeah. So uh, if, if that was the case, I'd have Sam D'Agostino on the ice all the time because <laughs> when he scores, apparently we've only lost one game, Nick. One game in regulation. Yeah. So I can't, I, I can't play Sammy that much. Yeah. <laughs> as much as he'd like to play. Thank you. All right, one more thing before we, uh, we get out of here. And this, this is not necessarily just Cyclones related. Of course, we'll give away our two sets of four for Friday and for Saturday. Uh, it's something that I read today on uh, NHL.com, and they also had a piece uh, about it on, on the Sporting News. And it, it got me to thinking what somebody who's, who's played in, in an era of hockey that, that kind of preceded this whole concussion, okay, being a major issue and a major concern. Uh, they were talking about the, the Sidney Crosby hit and the injury that he sustained. Uh, they obviously, you also had a guy 
um, in Boston, Savard, who's, who's going to be done for the season uh, with similar situations. Um, when it comes to how the game and the league, NHL, ECHL, AHL, kind of collectively as a group, are working with injuries and head injuries specifically, you see football really clamping down on certain things, uh, penalizing players for actively seeking headshots. Uh, in hockey, I think that Gary Bettman addressed it today in that article on NHL.com about how, how they're taking similar strides to prevent those types of injuries. Uh, what are your thoughts on the way the game is headed? And as a, a former player who played in a very rough style, where do you, uh, where do you, where do you see it? I mean, I think it's uh, the league has to take stance on stuff. I, I, I think the biggest factor is the lack of respect players have for each other. I really think that, uh, you know, when you see guys that used to play without helmets and you never saw issues. Like, I mean, Craig McTavish, you know, the last player to not wear a helmet. I mean, you never had issues like this. And, you know, you can say that the guys are bigger and they're stronger and they're faster and stuff. But I, it just comes down to lack of respect, I think, uh, you know, and especially... You, know, you want to protect all your players, not just Sidney Crosby. But, you know, when the best player in the game is out, it's, it's such a bad, uh, bad thing for hockey, bad thing for the NHL. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's true. I mean, I watched Matt Cook almost take out uh, Ovechkin yesterday. I was watching the, uh, the, the NBC game yesterday, and at the end of the game, Matt Cook comes across. Right. And, you know, you, lo you, lo you love a guy like Matt Cook. I, I like Matt Cook. He does a great job for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think he, he plays a great role for them. But, you know, there's just that, um, you know, lack of respect. And uh, it, it's so evident that you could play a game without a helmet on now and that you're so protected. You're, you're, that equipment is so good. It, you're, you, are, you, you feel invincible out there. And, and, and I think that's the biggest factor is educating players and uh, uh, bring some of that respect factor. And I guess it starts at a young age. I know at youth hockey, you're always talking about hitting from behind and different things. But... You know, those headshots are, it's dangerous. I like what the NHL did about any kind of blindside hit. Um, I think it's terrific because, you know, you see a Mark Savard, his career could be over. Yep. You know, you got the best player in the world who's, uh, and he is the best player in the world, Sidney Crosby. Um, you and your Sidney Ovechkin. Who, who uh, show of hands, who thinks Sidney's better than Ovechkin? They're two different types of players. See, that's my argument. They completely, they're two different types of players. No, they're not. <laughs> One's the best player in the world. Another argument for another right, day. Put it this way: Who would you take? Who would you build your team around? Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin? You would take Ovechkin. See, now that's a, that. That question. We we had this conversation on the bus one day, and that's where that that question. You ask anybody in the Crosby. game of hockey that's yeah. in the game. It's not even a debate. Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby every day of the week. You you if if you're. It's not even a debate. Who's who's. Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin, it's always the media builds it up about this and that, Washington Pitt. Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is the best player. And can you no give an question. example as to why? It's, it just is. It's just fact. Everything he brings to the game. Everything he brings uh, on the ice, uh, the, the way he plays, the way he compliments his teammates, the, all, everything that Sidney Crosby brings is how you win a championship. All right, the other thing I want We had this debate. We did. Know. It was a long debate. And the, the question that you asked about, about who would you rather build your team around, uh, I think that, that's what kind of got me to your side of thinking. And I, I'm anti-Pittsburgh as they come. Uh, I'm a oh. Red Wings fan, scoreless in the first with the Rangers, I see. Um, so, you know, to, to get me on that side of a, of a Crosby is, is a win for you. Now, one other thing before we go, and we do have to wrap off these tickets. Uh, it was announced today that Peter Forsberg is coming back. 
with that said, uh, he was a guy that was in the NHL back when you were in yep. action. Uh, are we going to possibly see a Jared Scaldi comeback tour? No, no, I would. <laughs> I, I jump into I jump into one or two pra, uh, drills a day, and that's enough for me. But <laughs> I, I'm ecstatic. Uh, Peter Forsberg's back. I think he was uh, one of the most dominant players in the NHL over the the, the 90s and 2000s, and uh, I, I hope this works for him in the Colorado Avalanche because watching Peter Forsberg was just a thrill. Everything that he he brought to the table is he's nasty. He's he's talented. Everything about Peter Forsberg and. Uh, you know, I, I hate to see his career sh cut short the way it was, and I really hope it works out for Peter Forsberg. He's a guy, he's a Red Wings fan, you love to hate. One more question from Mike Kyle. Mike, you are the final. Hey, Jared. Hey, I think you can still do it. Play hockey. <laughs> Me, personally? Personally, yeah. The no. <laughs> Cyclones like no. could use you. Hey, come down to uh, Sports Plus this summer. We'll be in that roller hockey state wars, and then, then watch me play there and see if I'm any good. So, <laughs> Coach, thanks for your time. We appreciate you being with us. Thanks, for everybody, for uh, showing up tonight. We do have one more segment real quick, and that is more of a raffle more than a segment. But we'll take a hat. We will raffle off these two tickets. Actually, they're four sets, or two sets of four, easy for me to say, for Friday and for Saturday. So we'll do Friday first. Huh? Sellout. What is? Is a sellout? Hockey player it's got talent is a sellout. How about that? Well, that'll be good. All right, this is for the set of four tickets for Friday, this February 11th, 7.30 against the Everblades. Winner is 000715. 000715. Congratulations. You're the winner of the first set of four. Now for Saturday night, 7.30, Everblades, downtown. Winner is triple zero seven one seven. Triple zero seven one seven. Who's the winner? Let's pick somebody else. Triple zero seven zero three. Triple zero seven zero three. I swear this thing isn't rigged. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you Wednesday night for Wet Wednesday. Dollar beers, dollar PBR, dollar Miller High Life. And again this weekend for Pink in the Rank and Kids Piggyback Night. Good night, everybody.